At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 597th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today is Farmer Friday, a quick and dirty tidbit at growing your garden. Each episode will feature less than 10 minutes of essential content for growing your garden, and some episodes we will answer your questions. If you have one, send it to questions at urbanfarm.org. Today, we're talking with Marlene Simon with the Flower Power Garden Hour podcast about blossom end rot. Enjoy. Welcome, Marlene. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And you know, when you proposed blossom end rot, it's like, well, that's just a tomato issue, isn't it? No, I'm, that's where most people see it on, but it, it affects a lot of the, the same family, the Solanaceae family. So you could have it on your peppers, uh, you could have it on eggplant, and really any plant can get blossom end rot because it's not a disease, it's more of a physiological issue uh-huh. with calcium and the plant, but most people do see it on their tomatoes. So it is a lack of calcium. Is that what it is? So what happens is the usually it's the first set of tomatoes because it's not it's not the lack of calcium necessarily in your soil. It's very odd to have lack of calcium. Most soils don't lack it. In fact, I know I have too much of it in my soil, for instance. So what happens is early on in the season when you're it's cooler and the plant hasn't adjusted to the temperatures, the calcium can't move to the fruit and set. Um, So yeah, it's basically calcium's in the soil. The soil might be too cool and gibberellins actually have an effect with it. It actually helps move calcium. So the calcium can't get to the fruit and then therefore calcium is involved in cell formation. So the cells aren't developed and you get this brown mushy spot. It's it's very distinct and they call it the blossom because that is exactly where the, the blossom end is at. So you have mm-hmm. the stem and at the base of it. Oh. So what you see is, is you go to the nursery, you have it, your first set of tomatoes, you go to the nursery, you see right front center, these blossom calcium sprays. People get them, then they spray them on the plant and the next crop of tomatoes, voila, doesn't have it anymore. So then people go, okay, it works. It's just a coincidence. Almost always it will correct itself with the warming temperatures, the soil being warmed up, the need for a water being more uh, consistent, Mm -hmm. it will fix itself. So usually the second group of tomatoes you get from then on out won't have it, but because people sprayed it, they're like, well, it works. Few things is calcium will not be taken up by the fruit. So if you spray it on developing fruit, it's not, it's just a waste. It's not being developed or picked up from it. Uh If you spray it on the leaves, it really doesn't move from the leaves, from the phloem to the fruit. It really is more of a, a xylem 
being moved in the xylem. So if you're spraying your tomatoes with it, it's just a coincidence that it's actually your uh, second crop of tomatoes is getting better. So it's not really doing anything. It's not doing anything. <laughs> it's not. I mean, some studies have shown that maybe just adding more calcium can affect it, but really you don't want to add too much calcium because then you run into other problems. So, you know, people, if they don't do the sprays and they add calcium to their soils, you know, you know, as well, uh, most gardeners do that more isn't better. You could then disrupt all the balances of exactly. your other nutrients. Yeah. So, you know, you don't want to add calcium unless you know you're lacking calcium. But like I said, it's very rare to actually be lacking calcium in soils. So one of the things that I've done in the past is I take an eggshell and I crunch it up and put it in the hole when I plant the tomato. Is that making a difference? Well, so... They do have calcium, 100% eggshells have calcium. And I think it's like two grams of calcium per eggshell, if I remember correctly. Wow, I'm so impressed course, that you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do a talk and I look at this big screen with the numbers. So yes, of course it has calcium. But if your plant, if your soil isn't lacking calcium, it's not doing anything. Mm. And it's once again, it's not the lack of calcium that's affecting the blossom and rot. It's the calcium being able to get to the fruit early in the season. So you could have as much calcium. It's just a physiological issue with cool coolness. Like I said, gibberellins, they think play a role in it. Mm-hmm. And it's just early on the development and getting, getting that calcium to those cells in the fruit to develop that nice outside skin. Great. So the sprays don't work and sprays don't work and adding calcium to the soil doesn't work. What do we do? Unless you're lacking it. But like I said, it's very rare. What to do? Yeah. So never plant your tomatoes too soon, right? A lot of times you run into other problems. If it get, you know, you get a chill, you get a frost, Mm -hmm. they can actually die. Could, you know, inhibit root growth. Could kill off roots if you plant when it's too, too cool. But the number one thing besides planting when those night temperatures hit 50 degrees, that's what I always look for. Oh, night temperatures good. hit 50 degrees, then I'm sort of like, I'm, I'm good to go. Also mulching your soils. If it's a moisture and a mm. soil coolness, if you, I mean, I'm a big fan of mulching anyways, yeah. just because it benefits. So if you mulch it, you're going to sort of prevent that uh, fluctuation of too wet, too dry, too wet, too dry. So those are two things you could do. Well, and that that helps mitigate something else. And that's if a tomato uptakes a lot of water all at once, it splits the fruit, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. So by having the heavy mulch on there, it would help control that. Mm -hmm. I mean, overwatering causes so many issues with so many plants. (laughs) Uh, Most people are guilty of overwatering than underwatering. You know, they, they love their plants to death sometimes by overwatering them. Yeah, Yeah, there there are some resistant varieties and I believe they even have trialed them out and have them labeled on the tomato label. Mm -hmm. And some are more notorious for blossom end rot. I think Roma is one of them that's more, a little more notorious for it. And you know, it all comes down to genetics of the tomato. Wow. Well, awesome. So, all right. So plant at the right time, water it consistently. And the third thing was... Well, it's either by ones that are more resistant or less prone to it. And of course, mulching. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. So the Flower Power Garden Hour, tell me about it and where do we find it? All right. So it's on pretty much all your podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher. It's also on my YouTube, which is Marlene, the plant lady. No video on it. It's just audio, of course. Uh 
And, you know, I work at the conservatory, Botanical Conservatory, where we work with rare, unusual, quote, house plants, uh-huh. carnivorous plants. But my love at home is vegetable gardening and flower gardening. So it's pretty much widespread, anything plant related, anything gardening related. I like to have fabulous guests on like you who are experts in their field. So we cover pretty much everything that you know, I want to talk about. So I figured out <laughs> everyone else would want to hear about it. Oh, there you so, go. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. And what what is your website? Uh, my website is marlenesimon.net, but I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. And like I said, YouTube, and that's all Marlene the Plant Lady. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, Head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.